this is View of the Valleys podcast, season three, episode one, with TJ Hoover and Chris Smith. TJ, uh, been a while. Welcome back. Hi, man. It's great to be back. It's uh, weather starting to turn. Baseball season's coming to an end. Made my first batch of chili for the season, so you know basketball's just around the corner. And, you know, lots to talk about, lots of new faces in the two leagues, and lots of changes. I'm, I'm excited just to see the changes going to get us through the early part of the season and make it to December and really start rolling with league play. Yeah, I've uh, I've already started marking down games I'd like to uh, like to attend. I know we've talked about trying to map out a couple of road trips, how mm-hmm. we can knock off one game here, one game there in each conference. Um, and that'll probably be in January, February, so... Yeah, I mean, you have two teams from each, or one team from each league in Nashville, one team from each league in Evansville. Definitely makes it very feasible to you know make a a trip if those dates work out right. So if only the schedulers would listen to us. I know. I mean, we'd have it all planned out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, speaking of it, so you talked about you just made a bowl of chili. So mm-hmm. is it a secret what goes in it? No, I stole it off the internet. Okay. So I don't cook. Not much. I mean, I cook breakfast and buffalo chicken dip, and that's about it. And about, I mean, it's about six years ago, I was waiting to pick up my son from basketball practice on a, you know, a Saturday, and I just, yeah, I'd like to make some chili. So I started looking it up on my phone, and my wife's shopping with my mom, and I just randomly text her like, "Hey, do we have any cumin around the house? <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Don't worry about it." She comes home. I'm making chili. Like I have no idea what's going on. So yesterday I was like, hey, how about I make some chili tomorrow? Sounds great. I could have said it was going to be a hot dog flavored water. If I was making it, she was going to be okay with it. Wow. <laughs> because I was going to cook dinner. So that's what I did today. And Rarity in the Hoover household. Yes, it is. So, you know, you know, two things that give you heartburn all the time, chili and buffalo chicken dip. So the spicier, the better in my book. And you make both of those? Yes. He's nodding for those of you. This is great. <laughs> Great podcasting. <laughs> uh, so, TJ, uh, uh, listeners, uh, you went down to the Missouri Valley Media Day. Yes. Um, I was actually out of town uh, doing a little golfing. Um, who'd you end up talking to at the Media Day? I know it was your first experience going down to it. Uh, it, was, it was a really neat experience. Uh, you know, I talked to Harry Schrader, um, who has his own podcast, covering the exact same things we do. Uh, Vance and Baker that do the uh, March to the Arch podcast as well. Touch base with those guys. I uh, had the chance to talk to Coach Alexander, you know, talk to him a little bit about the change, you know, Belmont moving over to the Missouri Valley Conference. And I was really pleased to see that they're going to keep that famed Battle of the Boulevard contest on their yeah. schedule. You know, this is, I think, the, that day or the day before I heard them, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State football are not going to have Bedlam. Wow. For football, so as you know, so to learn that they're still doing that game that goes back to the NAIA days is it was really exciting. Uh, one of the quips that Coach Alexander had during the uh, kind of press conference type of deal is that someone asked about the cold weather and the kids adjusting going to Northern Iowa, Drake, stuff like that. He's like, "Yeah, we already got it in there that we're ordering coats for everybody that's going to travel with the team." <laughs> and uh, it was kind of funny. The same question was posed to Murray State. And Rob Perry, who's the only kid coming back for Murray State. That's bizarre. It, you could almost see it on his face when the question was asked. And somebody said, Rob, you don't look too excited. He's like, I'm from Florida. I, I, ain't, I ain't about that. <laughs> <laughs> Just, But it was interesting, you know, that to the, the, the 
new guys coming in, the players were excited about joining the league, the new arenas, stuff like that. And uh, there was even one kid from uh, from Belmont who's like, the first game I ever saw, I think it was Ben Shepard. Yeah, it was Ben Shepard said, first game I ever saw college-wise was at Illinois State, and now we're going to get to go there, you know. So That's kind of neat. And, you know, I think the other coaches from the league are excited because it kind of, you know, I think Coach Mullen says it elevates the program or elevates the conference that you bring in at Belmont and Murray State. You know, you still get to keep the Chicago market there. Um, talk to, um, you know, Bradley's head coach, and he was uh, talking about why they came to Bradley or why Bradley was going to play at SIUE, and he and, and Baroni have a relationship going back to their days at Marquette. So it was a home and home, and now they're coming back down to SIUE this year. I know the people at SIUE are really, really looking forward to it. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, talk to Coach Mullins because they're going to have Oklahoma State coming to SIU Carbondale, you know, to get Power Five. It's the first time a regularly season, a regular season scheduled Power Five is coming to Carbondale since <clears throat> they beat Indiana back when Mullins was playing. So, see, I think that's that's so key for uh, mid majors to be able to mm-hmm. snag a Power Five. Win or lose, I mean, you know, most of the time you go into that game, whether, you know, if the, being at home, you're not expected to win. Mm-hmm. But if you're at least able to compete, you know, keep it within 10, 15 points, mm-hmm. it gives the fans, you know, a nice um, a nice change of pace from, right. from the normal, you know, conference foes that come in or the regional uh, other mid-majors that are there. Because t- let's be honest, like, if you're if you're Carbondale, I mean, you're, you're going to play typically this – some mid-majors and non-conference that are regional. You're not mm-hmm. going to get a, a Pepperdine to come into Carbondale or, you know, somebody up northeast. You're going to get yeah. somebody local like SEMO or um, Murray if they weren't now on the NBC. Yeah, they started scheduling Southern Indiana with Southern Indiana joining the OBC and, you know, talking to Coach Mullins about that. He said just geographically it made a lot, a ton of sense, you know, and I think they're doing a two-for-one, so – they're going to Southern Indiana this year, and then Southern Indiana is going to go to Carbondale the next two years. That's cool. I know uh, a few years back um, when Rick Ray was coaching at SEMO, uh, Ole Miss came to Cape Girardeau, mm-hmm. and that was a year when SEMO was just awful. I mean, I think they were like 5-22, and 22, 23, just not a very good season. But Ole Miss came there, and – there were a lot of fans there, and it was actually one of the better games SEMO played. I think they lost by, like, 10. Um, that was when Moody was at um, Ole Miss, and Andy Kennedy was the head coach. Um, but, it, I mean, it, it's a nice change of pace, you know, especially if – I don't – you know, I'm really not sure how the money goes with that, though. Because I know typically, like, if you're if you're going to Ole Miss and you're SEMO, you're going to get a nice, nice paycheck. Right. But now, if Ole Miss is coming to SEMO, yeah, well, they're not getting the gate to pay that. You know, I I don't know. That'd be a good question for us to ask. So maybe not on the air. Yeah, yeah, so probably, how, probably how that not. Swing, you know, <laughs> but you know, it's 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 interesting to see kind of the inner workings of things like that. You know, it's like you know flipping over to football, you know, like uh, Coach Chris getting fired at Wisconsin. You know, there was a sizable buyout. Scott Frost had a sizable buyout yep. at Nebraska, and. You know, I used to think the school had to take that on, and what I've learned through some of the relationships that we formed here is sometimes that's let's go talk to a donor, or the donor says, you know what, I don't want that person as a coach anymore. I'm willing to fork over some money to do that. So it's always interesting 
how things change when the money starts to exchange hands. Yeah, speaking of um, buyouts and, you know, um, bigger schools paying mid-majors to come play, you know, basketball, let's flip the script and go to, like, the FCS level and FBS uh, programs. So I know Carbondale, they were originally supposed to go play at Kansas. Right, in 2024. And from what you were telling me, they're getting a pretty sizable basically buy out to not go play there because right. I guess Kansas was afraid that they would lose. Yeah. Who knows? But I mean, so Kansas was supposed to pay the Salukis $500,000. They decided, Hey, we don't want to play you. We'll pay 135,000 to not play us. And then it worked out for coach Hill that BYU needed a game, the exact same spot from what I understand. And they're going to pay $425,000. I mean, it's a win-win for Carbondale. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're double dipping. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're getting almost 150000 for not even showing up, and then you're going to go get basically over four hundred on top of that? Yeah, so they're coming out $60,000 ahead, still playing a Big 12 team because BYU will be in the Big 12 by then. And, and what, it looks like Kansas is now playing uh, Lindenwood that year? Right, yeah. So I, I wonder how much they'd be – I wonder if they're paying them. Not nearly as not, much. I wouldn't think no. so. And – and now you look at what Kansas is doing this year. I mean, they're playing. This is the best they've done in so it's like eons. Oh, nine. Yeah, something, like, something that. like that. 13, somewhere in there. Yeah. So, we'll, yeah, it seems the timing of it seems odd. And I can't imagine that Southern really cared. Like, okay, you're still an F- FBS school for us to go play. So let me ask you this. Did this come out because you're more – you're more notable on the uh, Carbondale stuff than I am. Mm-hmm. Did this come out before the Salukis beat Northwestern or after? After. Bizarre. I, I think so. But you think you have to be in negotiations by then? You would think. Especially oh, you beat Northwestern. We're not playing you now. <laughs> We're not playing you in two <laughs> Call years. them immediately. Yep. Yep. So, but if you're a Saluki football player, would you rather go to Lawrence, Kansas? No offense to the great people of Lawrence, Kansas or Provo, Utah. Yeah, same ge- same geographic layouts, you know. I think I'd take uh, BYU. My favorite line about Kansas is you can stand on a chair and watch your dog run away for three days. <laughs> yeah, you can see forever. You know, see the end of the earth, but it's sure curving towards no, us. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, but more or less, uh, just this episode, just a little bit of an intro to get us going into uh, the coming weeks. Uh, not going to go too long today. Um, but we do have a good list of uh, potential candidates for interviews. I know we've reached out to a few. Looks like we'll uh, we'll get some people on eventually. Um, due to scheduling, it's going to be tough to try and find which day works for, I know, some. But I think we have a good candidate for episode two or three, whichever one we can get them on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the great things. I'm thankful to the MVC, Mike Kern, for uh, – credentialing us to go to the the media day oh, sure. was able to i was able to create some relationships some contacts so maybe it's not just some two guys with time to kill in their <laughs> spare time and like hey want to talk to us and you know so now there's a little bit of hopefully credibility so yeah yeah i wish i was able to wish i was able to go but got fed twice that's the, probably the, the big ringer what they have for breakfast it's like bagel and fruits and then for lunch, it was like chicken and 
potatoes and all sorts of good stuff and things. I've been to weddings where I didn't get ate, get, get, ate, get <laughs> fed that well. Let me dodge that one. Um, but looking looking ahead to the season, TJ, um, I'll ask you first. So looking at the teams that are now joining the Missouri Valley, obviously you got Belmont and Murray, and then you have uh, UIC. Mm-hmm. Out of those three, um, is there is there a team you're looking forward to the most to seeing how they transition into the uh, into the valley? I think it's Belmont. I think Murray's kind of game looked a lot like the Missouri Valley Conference anyway, but Belmont plays a different style. You know, push it up the floor, see if we can't get a quick three, dump into the big man. I think they play a little bit different pace. How are they going to adjust kind of the physical grind? You know, of playing a Southern Illinois a Drake, you know, especially seeing the age that like Drake has. I mean, they have, they've got guys that are shoot, feel like they should be pulling social security by now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the other, one of the other uh, things to note is, I mean, Murray's whole team's basically gone. Mm -hmm. So I think if you would have looked at the team Murray had in the OVC last year, I think they would have been, they would have been up there last year in the, in the Valley Mm -hmm. because they had some great players. You know, you had, um, you had Telvin Brown, KJ Williams, you know, and just a few other guys that were really good. Get the ball, good rebounders, and then one of the better defensive teams in the OVC as well. But now you look at their team, I think literally 85% of their team is now at LSU, which, <laughs> I mean, great for them. It's a power five. You know, it's going to get them that experience in the SEC, um, playing for a power five school, going into those larger environments game in and game out. But the only difference is you don't have the ability to go to the NCAA tournament this coming year. Cause right. I'm, I believe they are on probation this year, which I'm sure maybe that doesn't really affect them because Hey, they're probably thinking we'll get more viewership on television. More people be watching us and we're just playing bigger ball, if you will. Yeah. So I think uh, I think Murray State eventually will be able to. I, I think they'll be able to compete in the yeah. Valley. Who knows how they'll be this year with a bunch of newcomers? They could do well. Mm-hmm. Um, time will tell. Um, and then you got UIC. Interested to see how they do. I don't know a whole lot about them. Um, but yeah, I think the thing I'll keep an eye on is is Jacoby Wood making the jump from Belmont to Murray. And he was asked about you know what what drew you to it, and he said. Kind of the names that have been here before, the, you know, the yeah. big names that have made the jump to the league. That was a real draw for him. So, you know, he was already going to be able to make the transition to the Missouri Valley, but he chose to do it at Murray State with uh, Coach Prome. And so that'll be interesting to see how that materializes from there as well. So not to leave the OVC out, there's three new teams joining the OVC as well. Uh, Lindenwood, Southern Indiana, both making the jump from Division Two to Division One, yep. both clearly fit within the footprint of the Ohio Valley Conference. And then Little Rock comes in, more of a metropolitan school. I think there's some comparisons maybe there to SIU Edwardsville. I would agree. That that seems to like, you know, I think last year watching them play, their attendance isn't real high, but I think it's because it's kind of a commuter campus is the impression I have. I, I may be wrong. Okay. So – are any of those schools they stand out to you as that you're excited to see or have it added to the league more than the other two? I think um, 
Little Rock joining the OVC, I think, is obviously it's big just because they're already Division One. People know about them. Um, leaving the Sun Belt, so I the conference they're leaving is obviously bigger than the OVC, but I think it fits a lot better geographically. So that could be a way where Little Rock does get some more fans because maybe the away schools are able to go, you know, on the road. Those fans are able to go watch their team play. Um, but I think the team I'm looking forward to the most is Southern Indiana, just based off of their their basketball background. Um, yeah, it's Division Two or was Division Two, mm-hmm. but it seemed like year in year out they're just racking up the wins, right. whether being conference play or non conference. Yeah, 2019 they made it to the national title game. You know, so definitely a, a history program. Their facility is outstanding. It, yeah, it looks great. You know, I've, I've had the chance to tour a little bit. I mean, it's. It's top notch. I know. Uh, I was there with my son because he's looking at going to school there. He goes like, "I've been to Division Two arenas. That's not what I was expecting, Dad, because <laughs> it's just you know above and beyond." So, and I think that probably had to be part of the uh, selling point for the OVC. Like, hey, you know, we're going to walk into a top notch facility here. Well, yeah. I mean, it looks nicer than a lot of Division One facilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I, they are Division One. And exactly. And I think if you compare it to the OVC, I, I do think it's nicer than some of the schools already in the OVC. Um, facility wise, Lindenwood, I think it, I think it's good for the OVC for geographical purposes. I like it because you know it just gives you another place to go where you can watch you know OVC games, and eventually I'm sure you'll get some some solid non conference teams come eventually. But I think the one the one area to look at for the OVC is so the teams you have in it currently are the three we just named: Moorhead State. SEMO, Tennessee State, Tennessee Tech, SIUE, UT Martin, Eastern Illinois. The one area that I think the OVC improves on is, is I guess, the city where some of these schools are located. So, yeah, you lose Belmont because it's in Nashville. However, you still have Tennessee State, who's in Nashville, Murray State, there's really nothing near Murray, in my opinion, mm-hmm. just kind of out there. Yeah, they, a great fan base, but past Murray, in my opinion, it doesn't really travel that far. Now, maybe Murray makes up for a lot of what other schools may, com- may compete with in the surrounding towns, but you got um, Southern Indiana, who is located in Evansville, so Evansville's a big, big draw, in my opinion. SIUE near St. Louis, Lindenwood near St. Louis, probably. Hmm, how far do you think it is from actual downtown? Maybe like 20, yeah, 20, 20 minutes. Stops. Yeah. So basically just on the footprint of uh, St. Louis, uh, Tennessee States and Nashville. Um, so, I mean, you have, you have some, decent cities that are yeah, some metropolitan areas to pull that are there from to little rocks not a small town no, i don't believe no um and i think eventually we're going to hear of another team that ends up making its way to the ovc that is also in a in a pretty big size right. city and it'll be a football school absolutely a, a, a good football school i think making the jump so i think before too long um uh, that school will make its announcement uh Hopefully sooner right. than later. Right. I thought it was supposed to have been last week, but I haven't heard anything official. So, but 
Outside of that, you know, Austin Peay's also left the OVC, um, so they've moved on. But if you're looking at the Missouri Valley this season, TJ, what team maybe would you consider a dark horse early on? Missouri State is a lot like Murray State, and they've had such a huge turnover in their roster that you're not quite sure what to expect. How is that going to come together? How is, how is that going to gel from the – you have the two <clears> – probably, probably the best one-two punch in the league last year with Prim and Mosley. Yeah. Both gone for different reasons. But I think that that's really going to be interesting to see how that comes together. I mean, you see this stuff on social media. It seems like you know they're doing – uh, several great things in the community to bring them together. I think that's the one I kind of maybe dark horse isn't the right word, but just question mark because I just don't know what they are. I don't expect them to be bad. I feel like they've amassed a great amount of talent, but how does that translate? Does that you know we're not we're not building a fantasy league team here. You know you're building you know guys that got to play together sure. and stuff like that. And I just want to make a correction. I misspoke earlier. Rob Clay is not the returner for Murray State, although he is on their roster. He came in from Stetson. DJ Burns seems to be their only. Oh, okay. He's their only guy, so I misspoke on that. So, But it was definitely Clay that uh, was there, or Perry that was there and speaking and said he's not looking forward to the cold weather. So, But, yeah, how about is there someone that you see as a dark horse, or do you think there's even really a clear favorite? I think that's maybe the biggest change. Honestly? I really don't think there's a clear favorite. Um, yeah, Moorhead State's going to have some some good talent returning, but it's going to be interesting to see how they how they're able to stack up with the subtraction of Janai Broom. Right. You know, with him going to Auburn. I mean, I'm not saying he was their entire team, but my goodness, he was a big part of it. Hell of a defender. Great, great with the ball, whether it be rebounding, um, fadeaway. Um, but he would control the paint. It seemed like it didn't matter what game he was in. Yeah, clearly the best player in the league. Absolutely. And, you know, Coach Spradlin, he's a great coach. I think he'll be able to work around the subtraction, but I think it's going to take time. Um, I mean, there were times last year when maybe Broom may have been in foul trouble and Moorhead State was able to, to I don't say tread water, but they were able to get by with, with him on the bench. But now you're going to have to work around that every game. Um, find a new identity to some degree. Essentially, yeah, that's a that's a good uh, that's a good point, good wording. Um, Simo, they lost one of their best players, um, Eric Reed, hell of a three point shooter. He's a Mississippi State now. Um, now they did get some good transfers in from some Division One schools. Some of the guys are local talent in the St. Louis area. Um, and if they would have kept if they wouldn't have had anybody leave, I think they would have been competing for the top top spot in the OVC with the subtraction of Murray State and Belmont. But now, now you look at it, Southern Indiana, Linwood, Little Rock, all now feeding into the OVC. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think it's just, I think it's going to be a really fun league this year. You're going to have a lot of teams all right there, maybe all you know trying to get that first or second spot in the. NCA term. And then on top of that, you know, Lindenwood and Southern Indiana, it's their first year division one. So. Right. You know, eligibility for the OVC tournament. Right. Do you let them play? 
Shoot. In my opinion, I think you, I think you need to. Because, um, I mean, okay, you, you let them two sit out. And I'm not saying this would happen, but let's say Southern Indiana Lindenwood got first and second in the in the conference. That that's that'd be wild. Both of them get first and second, they have to sit out. No, I don't think that's going to happen. But if right, you know, then you're thinking, well, then shit. How do you decide exactly. They probably, they probably have things in place. I'm sure. I just finish in the regular season, something of that nature. Because you had that happen last year, uh, Jacksonville State. Oh, I'm trying to think of who who was it. I forget what team it was. Um, was it Bellerman? That's what I was thinking. It may have been them. I think they ended up winning the conference tournament, and then they ended up being an el- they're ineligible because it was their first year. Jacksonville State didn't even make the championship game, but they were given the nod because they won the won the regular season. regular season. So, I mean, there's a lot of different pieces you got to be able to. Put into place if if that's the route you go. Um. So yeah, I, I do think it's. I really don't think there's a dark horse. I think it's just fifty fifty right now. And if one of those two teams has a good enough year to finish in the top two, the gauntlet style of the OBC tournament, where you're what in the semifinals already, or is it you know? So you only have to win one game when you're in the championship. Yep. So. Yeah, and which I understand the OBC's mindset. Like, hey, we want to make sure our best teams have the best chance to get to the tournament because they're the ones that are going to win games. Exactly, they basically become a one bid league, and we need that team to go in, win two, three games, so it can fill everybody's pockets. Yep, you know. So while it's a great story, it's tough for those teams that you know for a team to win three games in a row, then go to the the NCAA tournament. You know, pulling you know, 12, 13, 14 seed. Now you're not helping the league as much as one of those other guys could have. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. Um, I think UT Martin will be solid this year. I think uh, coach Ritter, um, he did a nice job last year um, getting the Skyhawks back on track. Yeah. They were only eight and 22, but they, they competed a lot more last year than they had in years previous. Um, I think SIUE will be better than what they were last year at 11 and 21. Especially if Rayshon Taylor can come back from yep. his second ACL tear. Yeah, yeah he's, you know, he's dealt with some tough luck. You have to wonder, a kid like Rayshon Taylor, he stayed close to home. If he had a really, really solid season last year, does he stay at someplace like SIUE? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Because it, that, I mean, that, and that's not to say that about Rayshon Taylor. I don't know the guy. Yeah. I think you have to think about every kid. They have an outstanding, you know, I mean, look, look at Broom. Had two outstanding years. Well, now I'm going, I'm going power five, especially with the NIL deals right. now. You know, it, yep. it when you're in college, it's if you're if you're offered that, it's really tough mm-hmm. to pass that up. Exactly. And I'm not saying you can't get that at a school in the OVC or the MVC, but it's tough to be able to pay what what you're right. able to get at a power five. Yeah, and I think Auburn has a few more high dollar alumni than Morehead State. Probably just pure numbers are going to play out that way. Oh, and then even just fans, like it doesn't have to be alumni that have the deep pockets. It just be, I like Auburn more than I like Alabama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Um, but with that, TJ, um, I know we're running up on close to thirty minutes here. Wow. Um, keep this it goes fast. I know it doesn't. Time it flies. We have so much fun with you. 
I mean, especially with the first one, first one of the year. Uh, is there anything you wanted to add before we uh, close it out for the first one of the year? I don't think so. I think we covered about all of it. Like, again, big thanks to the MVC and Mike Kern for uh, inviting us to or credentialing us. We invited ourselves, I guess, and they said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you were able to go. So maybe you, it looked like you invited yourself, not me. So <laughs> That's the way it is. I was the rude one, and you're just going <laughs> to ride my coattails. That's fine. I, I can live with that. So uh, I'm, I am going to try and upload our last episode from last year. Had trouble uploading it way back when, but I don't think the episode of the last one where we talked about the OVC MVC tournament ever got uploaded. Um, if it did, then well, I won't upload it, but okay. um, may see a, may see an old one filter out there this week uh, before we get to our second episode of the year. Fantastic. So, uh, but with that, I don't have anything else to add. Uh, looking forward to our next episode, TJ. Hope to have a interview that week and uh, we'll get back to our normal Probably 45 minutes to an hour uh, episode. Excited. Can't wait. All right. So for TJ Hoover, I am Chris Smith. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Be sure to tune in next week for episode two here on View of the Valleys. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at View Valleys Pod. And you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, and SoundCloud. Have a good one, everybody.